Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. On this week's show, we have a jam-packed episode, so we hope you enjoy it. So sit back, relax, grab a cold beverage, and let's talk everything there is to know in Louisiana outdoors. This episode is also brought to you by Benoit Performance Baits. Bait and tackle for all your fishing needs. Benoit Performance Baits offers some of the best soft plastics for bass, sackalay, and saltwater fishing. Whether it's a day on the water trying to catch a mess of fish for a family fish fry or a heavy bag to win a tournament, we have what you need and what the fish want. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok to place your order now. Hey, hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode and a new episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast right here on your favorite streaming platform. This week, guys, we are on the road. We are uh, we are on the road for a little bit this afternoon here in South Louisiana. We have a good bit of weather coming through this afternoon, it looks like. Quite a bit of rain on this Monday afternoon. And uh, figured what better thing to do than spend some time with you guys talking about the outdoors here in the great state of Louisiana and everything there is to kind of know about the outdoors. You guys can always get it right here on Last Stop Waterfowl. So thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to spend some time with me this afternoon. I have to be honest, man, a lot has been going on, whether it's uh, personal stuff or work-related. You guys know how it is. We're coming out of the Easter break um, that just passed over the last week or two. The kids are headed back to school this week for a lot of them, and uh, at least here in South Louisiana. I know that's the case for us. And uh, they, they're kind of coming off of those sugar rushes. And, uh, you know, if they're like my kids, they put on a couple of pounds over that Easter break with all that candy from the Easter bunny being in the house. So, and if I have to admit, dad put on a couple of pounds, uh, as well, which I could, I could really not afford to put on very much more nowadays at my age. So it makes, makes that hunting for duck season a lot harder, makes that fishing, everything that I do in outdoors a lot harder when, uh, whenever you have all that, uh, that extra baggage and some of you might not even be able to relate to that before all my big boys out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, but anyway, a lot's been going on. And to be honest with you guys, I had a special guest lined up for a new episode in studio this week. And, uh, and to be honest with you, the reason I'm not going to do that episode this week is because uh, we've been having some personal stuff go on. My wife had a surgery over the last couple of days and we're taking care of her when I get home in the evenings and all that stuff going on. It's just not the right time right now to have a, have a studio episode. So I do apologize. This episode will be audio only, but it's something that I talk about every year that we're going to discuss on this show, guys, on on the new show. So, um, you know, every year when we get to this time of year, like we talk about on previous episodes, um, people ask us all the time. They say, Hey, how do you get new content or what do you do for content? in when it's not hunting season, when it's in the off season, and to be honest with you, I answered that on the last show. I kind of mentioned it. I said, hey, I said, uh, we do everything that you do probably, that all of you do. We go fishing. We go frogging. Uh, we have, you know, whether it's decoy maintenance, it's, uh, you know, hunting gear maintenance, any of that stuff that you do in the off season, we do the exact same stuff that you guys are probably doing. And, uh, and you know, we've been doing quite a bit of fishing, or I say quite a bit of fishing. I really haven't been doing quite a bit of fishing. It's just appears to you guys if you follow us on the youtube channel 
or right here on the the new podcast episodes we've done for season five since we've kicked off season five we're talking a lot of fishing so i have people saying man you must be on the water a whole lot and to be honest with you i'm really not on the water a whole lot lately you know um i usually get at this time of year one day off one full day off which is a sunday because of my job i have to get you know you guys on the water with new boats and get you guys out there and outdoors having fun with what you want to get done that's my profession is to sell you your dream boat and get you out there and outdoors doing what you love to do so for me what that means is i'm busy at this time of year you know um as it's heating up you know everybody wants to be out on the water and everybody you know wants to either maintenance their boats or they want to buy new boats maybe trade a boat in something like that that's my schedule at this time of year in my job that pays the bills let me just say that my job that actually pays the bills and um that's what I want to talk about a little bit on this episode this week. Every year, I give an update on the boating industry. And uh, and I have to tell you, as long as I've been in this business, guys, it, we are, you know, we are in a different stratosphere as far as the boating industry goes nowadays since the pandemic hit two years ago. So we get a lot of questions at work professionally. I get people that reach out to me, whether it's through the podcast Um, whether it's through our social media channels they may be looking to buy a boat they may be looking to uh you know obtain financing on a new boat or a pre-owned boat and they'll reach out to me because they kind of know me through the podcast they know us through our social media platforms and they know what i do for a living so i guess a lot of people feel comfortable contacting me on that um which i love i love because i always love to meet new people i have no problems helping out anybody who's in the market for a new or pre-owned boat um, or just has general questions about certain brands, maybe financing, like I mentioned, all that type of stuff. So there's a lot of misconceptions out there, just like there are, you know, when buying a new car or stuff like that. But I'll kind of talk about where we are as far as the industry right now, because a lot of you who listen to this show may be in the market for a new family you know, fishing boat. You may be looking for a hunting boat in order to have it ready for hunting season. And I can kind of fill you in on what's going on in the industry right now, which will hopefully help you make a better buying decision or at least provide you with some information to help you when you do go make a purchase on a boat, a new boat or a pre-owned boat. So, you know, just common sense will tell you that if you're looking at everything right now from a consumer standpoint, guys, It is tough to get any kind of merchandise right now in the market. Whether it's food at the grocery store, whether it's cars, trucks, any of that type of stuff, you see how empty car lots are when you pass your local car lots. Um, You know, a lot of you may buy a new vehicle every couple of years. Well, right now, it's extremely difficult to walk into a car dealership and find a car that's brand new or pre-owned that you may be looking for that's in stock. Um, Well flip to the boat side of things it's very much the same story as far as that goes and although i tell people oftentimes the boat side of things the boat industry versus the the car industry are completely different in some ways as far as the inventory and lack of inventory i should say right now there's a lot of similarities that are going on as well as other industries that we talk about whatever profession you're in right now If you are in the consumer market where you're looking to offer 
consumer products to somebody for building materials, um, or you're the consumer themselves that's looking to purchase it, you know how hard it could be to find something in stock right now. So with that being said, from the boating standpoint, I'm still getting customers who walk into our dealership. They may have had a boat that they've been having for years. They'll walk into the dealership and they'll, or they'll, let me, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but what they'll do is they'll say, okay, it's time I buy a new boat. I'm ready for a new boat. Okay. Or a pre-owned boat. So they'll go, they'll list their new boat on marketplace, um, or, you know, Craigslist, or they'll put it for sale in the yard and they'll go ahead and they'll sell it. Well, then they come to the dealerships and they walk into our dealership and they walk in with this kind of lost look, like a surprise look, and they say, man, the first question out of their mouths is we hear, hey, where's all the inventory? Where's all? Is this all you have? And it kind of blows my mind. I have to be honest with you because we're more than two years into the pandemic. And I kind of look at it and I'm like, man, you know, how do you not really know that the industry is like that right now? Um, because some people are just, they just, when the pandemic hit, I guess what it is, is they just kind of separated themselves, you know, from a lot of it. They kind of went into quarantine or they went into, you know, almost like a hibernation is what, what I, I term it as. And, uh, and they kind of just, you know, stayed to themselves. And there's still a big group of people out there that are like that now. And when it's time for them to kind of start getting out again, and they want to start mixing, you know, in the public more and doing all that type of stuff, boating, you know, going out to restaurants, whatever it may be, just social, you know, stuff. They are really surprised that there's a lack of inventory and they haven't really been a, a aware of what's been going on, um, which I know it seems hard to believe. But trust me, there's a lot of you out there that are in that in that realm that you, you are surprised by that right now. And, you know, not so much for you guys who listen to our show because most of us who are listening to the show here, we're outdoorsmen. We've been doing our thing ever since the pandemic hit. We've been duck hunting. We've been fishing. We've been deer hunting. We've been going out and enjoying everything we did before and not nothing, not letting anything stop us. Let me say that. But if you walk into a dealership right now, guys, and you are looking to buy a new boat, whether it's a a pre-owned boat or it's a new boat, actual new boat. Do not be surprised when you walk into a dealership and there's not much inventory on the sales floor. What's going on? And and there's tons of, you know, questions of why is it like that? What's, what's holding things up? What's going on? And you know what? It's, it's, there's really no great answer other than manufacturing backups, um, because taking a taking a look back at 2021 and even 2020 when the pandemic hit, this is basically what happened. Once COVID, you know, COVID and the COVID-19 pandemic hit, guys, everybody started participating in outdoor activities with their families. And what we saw was that people started canceling vacations. They, uh, you know, they may not have went to Disney that trip that they take, you know, yearly to Disney. They may not have gone to the beach, to the Florida, you know, all those places that they would normally do. So what did they do with that 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 vacation money? They, they went out and they bought, you know, toys for outdoor activities such as new boats. They went out, they bought campers. Look at the boom in the camping industry right now. Look at all the campgrounds that are being built just here in Louisiana. 
alone, much less other states across the United States. Look how big camping is now because of that outdoor boom with the pandemic, you know, that, that took place. People went out, they bought campers, ATVs, side-by-sides, golf carts, the golf cart industry. You see how big that has, you know, turned into as far as that industry. It's expanded. It's, it's booming right now. People went outside and started participating with their families by doing these things instead of taking vacations is what they did when the pandemic hit. So what happened as a result of that is customers went into dealerships, all their local dealerships, they shopped with them and they made purchases. They went out, they made purchases on boats, on ATVs, all that stuff I mentioned. So at some point, you were ordering boats as a consumer, you know, because the dealerships just didn't have it on the floor. So customers started placing orders on boats. Well, when you place orders on boats and you have that much of an influx of new customers ordering boats, the numbers of boats on order that we had just at our dealership alone more than doubled in 2020 and 2021. Specifically 2020, when the pandemic hit and everybody started going out and buying. So you had double, triple, quadruple the orders that you normally have as a dealer, which meant that customers were waiting longer times to receive boats that they had ordered. And the later you waited to order a boat, the later wait times you had as far as receiving your your boat that you ordered. So what that did was, you know, it... It started backing up the factories. The factories had so much orders coming in that they were trying to build as much as they could with their capacity that they could build. Their build slots is what we term it in the industry. And, you know, of course, inflation started taking place. You see where we are now with inflation and everything else going on in the industry. You know, it's just common economics. It makes sense where we are right now, you know. Because of the, you know, the, all the factors that play into that, we are where we are. And if you know anything about economics and business, you understand exactly why prices are so high right now and all that stuff playing into it. So with inflation going up, these manufacturers, all the boat manufacturers out there, their costs started going up. They had to, you know make better buying decisions as far as keeping costs as low as they could, but still delivering the product that was pre-sold to the customers. And the longer you were waiting to order these boats in the year, they were taking longer and longer and longer times. I had customers that ordered in 2020, just as an example, uh, on some of the brands that we carry had ordered, you know, say in the summer of 2020. And Fast forward to the summer of 2021 and these customers still were waiting on boats. That's how crazy it was. And, you know, it got to the point where you used to be able to go in and give a customer an update on where their boat was in in the factory, but you couldn't give them an accurate number. The factories couldn't even give us as the dealers an accurate estimation date on when these boats would be ready for customers. So it just really threw it, it threw a wrench in everything, to be honest with you. We had customers that were getting mad at us as dealers because we couldn't keep an accurate date or give them an accurate date on when their boats would be available. 
we had to simply explain to customers, um, you know, that we weren't getting information that was real clear. The manufacturers weren't getting information that was real clear from the overseas distributors that they were building boats with, you know, getting parts from, um, all that type of stuff. And like I tell people now, it really made me realize how dependent we were on foreign countries such as China and other places like that where you see a lot of the parts made and manufactured now. Whether we like it or not, that's that's the way it goes. And that's, that's where this stuff comes from. And when something like this pandemic hits us and it affects all of us in certain manners, it makes you realize how dependent we were on these foreign countries. When you hear our, our, you know, our leaders talking about being more independent and, you know, not relying so much on foreign entities to provide us with what we need, um, you know, that you really clarifies everything for you, you know, and you have an idea of what's going on at that point. It makes a lot of sense. So that's, that's what was happening in 2020 and 21. So, you know, you couldn't just walk into a dealership anymore and pick out a boat that you wanted or, you know, I refer back to the ATV side of it. We also carry ATVs in our dealership. You couldn't walk in and just pick out the ATV you want. Hey, a couple of days later, you're picking it up. That's just not how it was working because everything was pretty much sold out. So as a result of that, you started seeing the pre-owned market expand. The prices, you got a lot of you that are shopping boats or you've shopped boats in the last year, especially 2021. It's a good example. I see customers every day. They come in, they check our inventory, and they say, man, I'm looking on social media, and people want more than what they paid for their boat, and it's three years old, it's four years old, it's five years old. And you know what? They're absolutely right. People are asking crazy prices. But if you go look at values of of the boats, the prices on new ones have gone up, so therefore... The prices on pre-owned have also gone up as a result of that. And, you know, a a lot of people want to refer to book value, book value, book value. They'll say, okay, well, that that boat's not worth, you know, what that that person's asking in the used market because it's it's not, you know, what book value calls for. It's higher than what book value calls for. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. If you're looking pre-owned right now, you could throw book value pretty much out the window on a lot of deals unless you are financing it through a local credit union or bank. And I'll explain why in a second. But the value of these boats right now in the pre-owned market is basically the market is dictating what the prices are. So you just have to make a smart buying decision on whether or not that particular boat or ATV or if it's a pre-owned camper, whatever it may be, you have to make an educated decision on what you're willing to spend in your budget and if you think that that purchase is worth it. And also take a look at what you can get as a return on investment if you sell that. You know, you keep it a couple of years. Because a lot of people keep these boats a couple of years and they flip them. You don't stick with them for 10, 12, 15 years like our granddads and our dads did. A lot of people did back then. Times have changed. Cars, you see people flipping cars a lot nowadays, you know? So 
book value is only worth so much. And when I say that, I mean in terms of if you're financing a pre-owned boat right now. And I'll explain that. Why? So, if you're paying cash, you know, everybody has that old saying of cash is king that you hear, you've heard before. You know, and I get customers to this day, they'll walk in and they'll say, what's your cash price? And to be honest with you, I, it's kind of funny because now we live on a credit system in, in, in the modern day and age. We're all on credit systems, you know, debit cards, credit cards, um, you know, financing options, terms, all that type of stuff. And to be honest with you, back in the old days, cash was king. That, that saying was very true because if you had cash, that was the almighty. Nowadays, these finance companies and the way society set up is they'd rather you finance this stuff because they're going to make more money on you long term. And that's the truth. That's what happens. They'll make more money on you long term if you to have that, that, you know, that, that situation where you finance a boat for 10 or 12 years, which is the average term that most people do nowadays, by the way. They will make more money on you if you go 10 or 12 years. Because what statistics show is that although most of us say, hey, I'll go that long, but I'm going to pay it off early. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double pay payments. But human nature proves and statistics show otherwise that most people don't end up doing that after it's all said and done. Now, you may be the exception. You know, I know my wife, she handles all the bills for us personally. For the majority of the stuff that we financed, which we try to nowadays, I'm getting older, we try to keep that stuff lower. But she'll double pay on payments, you know? But not everybody's in that situation. A lot of people get into a situation where they make a purchase on a boat or a car or whatever it may be. And then later down the road, they can't pay double payments on it or they can't, you know, pay it off early because life gets in the way and things come up. So they end up going at full term, that 10, 12, 15 years and even more nowadays on these high dollar boats you know so that's very common don't feel like you're the only one that does it um, because you know the majority of my customers that come into the dealerships they're going to go with a 10 or 12 year term on it but going back to the pre-owned so i don't get too far off of that subject and why book value plays an important part in pre-owned right now with the way the market is is because if you are going to your credit union or you're going to your local bank to obtain financing on a new boat or a pre-owned boat, and in this case we're talking pre-owned, your bank will not loan that dealership or you as an individual, if you're getting a personal loan, more than what the NADA value says that boat, motor, and trailer is worth. So let me say that again. So your lender, whether it's a credit union or a national bank, will not lend you more money as an individual or will not lend you the money through a dealership if you're buying a pre-owned for more than what the boat is booking at on NADA and Kelly Blue Book. And the reason that is is because they're trying to protect you as the consumer and them also as the lender. Because boats, campers, ATVs, UTVs, all that stuff is high repossession rates. It's not something like a car where you got to drive it every day to get to work. If people get in a bond, they're gonna let a they're gonna let a boat be repossessed or an ATV or a camper 
before they go bankrupt or file for bankrupt or can't pay a bill or can't feed their family. They're going to say, hey, come pick this motherfucker up. You can have it. They'll take the credit hit if they got to before they let their family suffer and not eat or not pay a bill to turn the lights on or whatever it may be. So when you're financing it, you are protected as far as not overpaying for it. So that's a good thing. That's what separates book value on a finance boat versus if you're paying cash out there for a boat and you're worried about overpaying. So what I am seeing now on these pre-owned boats, and and I kind of touched on it a while ago, we buy boats as a dealership. So I can tell you firsthand from my experience, every day I search the internet, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, all these places. We advertise. You'll see me do Facebook posts for my dealership. We do YouTube videos for my dealership talking about how we buy boats. We go out there and we buy boats from individuals. I can tell you that I see people asking more for their boats right now than they paid for them three and four years ago. And what it is, is they put it out there and they say, hey, if somebody's willing to pay this, I'll sell it. I don't have to sell this thing. But if I could get this price I'm asking for, it, then hell yeah, I'm going to sell it. And that's how, that's how it happens. So you'll see them throw a stupid high number on, on a pre-owned boat right now. You'll be scrolling through, you know, the classifieds. You come across it and you're like, man, God damn. You know, they're asking what for that boat, you know, and it don't make a lot of sense. Well, if you're asking yourself that, that's the boat you need to stay away from right now, you know, because there are still good deals to be made out there, even though the market's inflated right now. But you got to be smart. You got to be smart about the decisions that you're making, like I talked about earlier, you know. Um, you know, and another thing that's really going on right now, whether it's used or new boats, you know, we'll have a customer walk in and, and not everybody is ready to make it, make a decision. You may know that you want to buy a new boat right now in the market, but you're, you're not a person that's going to make a decision quick on a particular one. You know, nowadays with the internet, a lot of people are educated. You could go on the, you could go on the web. You could search boat brands that you're interested in. You can look at pricing. You can look at models. You can be really educated before you even step foot in the dealerships nowadays. You know, and I tell new salesmen coming in, like young guys that are salesmen, you know, you ever get that cheesy salesman that that, that you ask him a question and he's trying to give you all these, these stupid fucking sales pitches, which it just aggravates the shit out of me personally, even though I'm in sales. I was never like that. I was... I've always been the type of salesman where I try to sell my customer that product based through experience. I'm on the water all the time in off season. Even during the hunting season, when it's duck season, I'm on the water. I'm in different boats. I run different motors. I have the experience to communicate with a guy and give him accurate information. Hopefully, hopefully I'm giving him accurate information, which I try to with every customer I deal with. I'm giving him accurate information and I can relate to that guy from personal experience. But there's a lot of salespeople that are not like that. You ever ask a salesperson a question when you walk into these dealerships for a new boat or a pre-owned boat or an ATV or camper 
and you ask them a question and they kind of got that that deer in the headlights look and they and then they'll start gibbering off some stupid shit to you that's out of a out of a, a catalog you know per batum, pretty much you know and i call i call them catalog sales you know and i tell young sales guys nowadays you know years ago i, I was in charge of sales training for a company i worked for and i, I trained new reps when they would they would start out and sales is one of the highest turnovers you know in the industry because not everybody could sell product and relate and to a customer you know on a personal basis a lot of people just don't have the work ethic for it you know and they don't have the knowledge of it and they don't want to know the knowledge they don't want to learn you know but i would tell people i say hey you got to connect with customers you got to get out there you got to use the product if you're going to be able to give them honest and truthful information and um you know that's that's what you got to strive for you know so hopefully when you're dealing with the dealership to buy a new boat or a pre-owned boat you're working with the dealership who's got knowledgeable salespeople. that's very important right now just because a dealership has a reputable name or you you know you hear people promote them and promote them on social media that could be a good thing and that could be a bad thing sometimes you know you want to be able to get with somebody who's reputable as a dealership, but also has reputable salespeople. So if you say, hey, I'm going to this dealership because I, I always heard they have a good name, go and find out. Do a little research. Go on their social media pages. That'll tell you a lot of information as a consumer on who to deal with. A lot of dealerships nowadays, like us, will post customers um, you know, pictures with their new boats or their pre-owned boats on there. And, uh, and you'll see the salesman oftentimes who's selling the product. So you'll see who's, who's getting the majority of those sales at that dealership. You kind of learn who knows the product. It seems like reviews. Now you, you can, you know, leave reviews on all your social media pages, business pages. Um, also Google reviews, all that type of stuff. You'll see customers giving reviews you know, about certain salesmen to deal with. And I've actually had customers come into my dealership and they'll ask for me and they'll say, hey, I was online searching your dealership and I saw your name several times and customers seem to be happy with you. And as a salesperson, that's the ultimate compliment for me as a salesman. You know, it really is. Or even more of a compliment is, hey, you know, such and such is a good buddy of mine. He bought a boat from you or bought two or three boats from you. And he told me to come see you. So word of mouth referrals. But, you know, it's not only up to the, the dealership. It's kind of my point to provide you with everything you need to know about the product you may be interested in buying. Do a little research yourself. Put yourself as a consumer right now, especially in this day and age right now, with prices the way they are, you know, being tough to find inventory, that type of stuff. Put yourself in a position to be successful with the with a good sales person in a good dealership. And that's gonna go a very, very long way for you right now as a consumer in 2022 trying to purchase a new boat, ATV, or whatever else you're trying to purchase for outdoor activities right now. So hopefully that helps you there. Gives you an idea of what to look for. 
because, you know, making a purchase at the end of the day on something like, you know, a toy, like a new boat or a pre-owned boat <clears throat> is a very big decision. And let's just be honest about it. It's a very, very big decision. We spend a shit ton of money to buy this stuff and you want to make the best deal possible. Everybody is there to make the best deal possible. And believe it or not, most dealerships that are reputable and most salespeople that are reputable are trying to get you into the best fit possible at the best price possible. The days of, of, of you know, just scalping people, you know, when we're talking about a dealership, a lot of that stuff, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm not obnoxious to that, you know, of, oh, it can't be done. There's a lot of shady places out there that'll scalp people on prices and stuff like that. But with those tools we talked about, such as the internet, a lot of stuff is nationally priced now. A lot of brands have set pricing. All that stuff's at your fingertips as a consumer to help make a better deal for you as the consumer. And to be honest with you, the dealerships like it that way because it takes that that fear of the buyer walking into the showroom and him thinking, okay, well, I can't make a good connection with this guy, sell uh, the salesman, because I just know this guy's trying to fuck me, you know? So when you have these companies doing this nationally advertised pricing or it's set pricing on product, that's not a bad thing, guys. Not a bad thing at all. It's not a bad thing for you as the consumer, and it's not a bad thing for the, the dealership or the salesperson that's trying to sell it to you. It keeps everybody honest, keeps everybody on a level playing field for the most part, and it makes the buying process go a lot smoother, and you feel more comfortable as a consumer knowing that, hey, before I stepped foot in that door, I kind of knew already what to expect. And that's a good thing in my opinion, you know? Now, if you're one of those old school guys and you love haggling with a salesman and going back and forth, everybody, we, I do run into some of those guys. They'll, they'll walk into the dealership and boy, they still want to haggle. Okay, well, okay, you got set pricing. Yeah, I saw that online. But what can I get for free out of it? I'm buying a $30,000 boat. I, can I get a life jackets and a power pole and a, a, a $1,200 boat cover added to it for free? They just, there's some customers that just want that win. They want to feel like they got a good deal when they know it's out of their control, the pricing of the boat. They just want to have a little bit of a win at the end of the deal. And I'm okay with that. You know, I, I, I could tell you as a salesperson and being in sales for, you know, 20 some years now, it turns me off when a consumer walks in and asks me for something free right off the get go. And I do have people do it all day long, every day of the week, pretty much I work. And, and and the guys who ask me, come out and ask me that, or the guys that I, I kind of push back on a little bit more, you know? But if I see that somebody comes into the dealership, you know, whether they might be a first-time boat buyer, they may be a family, uh, military, that's something I firmly, firmly believe in, military support. Every military customer that I get that buys a boat from me at my dealership, I always try to throw something in at no charge to them. Whether it's a Coast Guard kit for all their safety equipment in the boat, just a little token of appreciation. It could be a keychain. I mean, something simple. You know, just it doesn't have to be a power pole. It don't have to be a bimini top or whatever, a high expensive item, you know. I try to give every military person that buys a boat from me, 
I, I first of all, I thank them for their service. And if you've ever dealt with me and you listen to this podcast, you'll notice I'm 100% being honest with you when I tell you that. I will thank them for their service. And when they pick up that boat from me, I will provide them with something extra as a result of their service that they gave. And that's just something that I've always done. I like to do that. And at the end of the day, it comes out of my pocket. But that's the least I could do. It's just my thoughts on it. So, you know, if you're one of those guys, you love to negotiate, you know, don't go into the dealership and ask your salesman what you're going to give me for free. Because most people are turned off by that as a salesperson, to be honest with you. Just trying to help you guys out. I'm just trying to be honest with you. You know, maybe drop a couple of subtle hints of, hey, I need this for my boat, you know, and, and just kind of sit back and let's see what that salesperson does for you, you know. I, I can tell you that a lot more salespeople will be willing to throw something in if they can, if it's not asked directly to give it to them for free, you know. Um, and that's just common courtesy, I think. You know, I was raised that way. I was raised poor. I wasn't raised with a silver spoon in my mouth, and that's just the way I see it. Maybe you disagree with me on that, and you guys can let me know in the comments if you do. You know, and I'm okay with that. <coughs> Excuse me. Everybody got their different opinion, but as a raised as a uh, you know as a poor kid, I wasn't poor. I say poor, but my family didn't. You know, they didn't have just money to blow and money to spend. They provided for us like we needed to be provided for. But if I wanted something, my daddy made sure I went out and I worked for it. I cut grass as a kid. I can't tell you how many how many fucking yards I cut as a kid because I wanted, you know, certain things. So my point being, just don't ask for, for the free stuff. You know, that's such a turnoff. And I find that, you know, to be, you know, just, just classes kind of, you know, sometimes the way some people put it. And what's funny, it's like, you know, they some customers are like, well, I'm doing you a favor. You get commission. Well, yeah, I do get commission, but I didn't approach you about buying a boat. You walked into the dealership because you wanted a new boat, you know, that type of situation. So it goes both ways. That's kind of my point I guess I'm making, you know, and I'm, and I'm trying to help you guys make a better buying decision whenever you go in or make your buying experience a little bit easier. So just keep those those tidbits in mind. But, um, you know, going back to the, the whole boat purchasing aspect of things right now in 2022, I've had several customers walk in and they like, look, or uh, the interest rates jumping up or they high. My buddy told me that he heard the interest rates are jumping up. Well, guys, I can tell you they really haven't a whole lot as of yet. And we sit here at the end of April of 2022 as we're doing this show tonight. Interest rates are still pretty much where they've been, where they've been for the most part. So there's a couple of aspects that go into that. So I can tell you right now, uh, just to go through some of the financing questions that we get, interest rates at our dealership, and this is not our dealership specifically, this is just industry when I'm saying our dealership, industry-wide, they're somewhere with good credit scores, they're starting at about 5.7, 5.6, somewhere in that range. And they go up from there for most cases. And this is boat specific I'm talking about. New and used. And the reason I say new and used is because some people think, oh, if I buy a pre-owned boat, the interest rates are going to be much higher than a new boat. It's actually not that way. 
at least with the companies we deal with, they kind of look at it similar to each other. They'll even let you go the same terms in most cases. As long as the boat isn't, you know, past a certain age. So that's nice. So interest rates, you could say right now are starting at about 5.7 and they go up from there based off of your credit score and credit history. Okay. The average term, I touched on this earlier, 10 to 12 years is the average on a, on a boat anywhere in that, just say as an example, 25, 30, $40,000 range, they will offer you financing through most national lenders on a term basis of 10 to 15 years. You have options there, 10 to 15 years. They're simple interest loans, which means that there's no prepayment penalty. So if you do pay it off early or you do pay double payments on a monthly payment, they will not penalize you for it. They're simple interest loans. Down payment. That's a big question that I get is down payment. How much do I have? Can I put no money down? Can I put, you know, how much do I have to put down? It's very rare with most of the lenders that we use that we come across in the industry that they require no money down on a boat loan. The reason being is because like I touched on earlier, high repossession rates on recreational stuff like boats, campers, ATVs, UTVs, all that type of stuff. Remember when I mentioned that when it comes down to it and you can't pay the bills on it, a lot of people are going to say, fuck it, come get it. Well, that all plays into rates. That That's why rates are higher than car rates. That's one reason. It's not the reason necessarily, but that's a reason why. Um, you know, terms, you know, are longer on boats. That's different. Down payment, in most cases, is 10%. 10% of your total purchase price. So if that boat that you're looking at, you know, comes out to $30,000 with tax title and license at your dealership, you could expect to put $3,000 down as down payment before they approve you for financing. Now, is that always the case? Is that 100% fact? It's not. It's not always the case because you may have excellent credit. You may have 800 plus credit, A plus credit, like they call it. There is circumstances where they'll say, okay, we'll do the loan and no money down. You know, because you have excellent credit, you pay your bills, you don't have any kind of delinquent payments in your history, your debt-to-income ratio looks really good, you're not, you're not borrowing more than what you're making, you know, that type of stuff. All that plays into it. And in those circumstances, if you fall into that A-plus credit standing or rating, then yeah, there's a possibility you could go no money down with a national boat lender. So national boat lender, what do I mean by that? Because you may be saying, okay, what's he mean by a national boat lender? Um, when you go into a dealership, you'll hear companies like White River Marine, which is a tracker, ranger, you know, all that type of stuff. Sheffield Finance is another one on the ATV side. Uh, Merrick Bank, Bank of the West. All these banks that you hear common, you know, with recreational stuff like boats, that's national lenders that, you know, do a lot of lending for recreational vehicles and vessels. So that's what I mean when I say a national lender. Now, a local lender, credit unions, you know, just here in Louisiana, in my area, Neighbors Federal Credit Union, Essential Federal Credit Union, um, you know, any of your credit unions, Telco, Navy Federal, you know, any of that type of stuff, credit union wise, 
maybe local banks that you deal with. You might deal with a local small bank. Um, you know, you may say, well, hell, I could get a better rate. They pre-approved me and told me I could get a better rate through them. And sometimes that is the case. You might be able to get a little bit better rate with them. The downside to that is if you're looking to get that long term on the loan, that 10-year, that 12-year, 15-year, to get that note as low as you can in case there's an emergency and you can't pay a big high boat note, the downside to the credit unions and the local banks sometimes, in some cases, is that they won't do those longer terms. So they'll only do seven years. And then some of them will do 10 years. That's more common now that you see it. But you may be the customer that's looking to do it in a 12-year term or 15-year term, depending on what boat you're buying. So going to a local lender, it's kind of a trade-off versus the national lenders. Yeah, they'll get you a lower interest rate possibly, but they're going to go short a term on the deal. So you're paying a six, $700 boat note. You know, and you got to be able to come up with that when things get tight or emergency happens and, you know, that or they have to repossess it to where with a national lender, they'll say, okay, well, I'll go to 5.7 or 6.9 or whatever it may be. Interest rate wise, you're going to pay a little bit more interest, but they'll let you stretch it out longer term, get the note a little bit lower. And at the end of the day, if you don't want to pay that extra interest, you just pay it off. You pay the boat off early. Or you double pay on some payments when you could double pay payments. So, you know, it's up to you. It's really up to you. I don't think there's really a, a, a better way either or. It kind of just depends on what your lifestyle is, what your needs are, you know, and, and how you your outlook is on it, you know. But I can promise you, for the most part, Right now, like I mentioned, let's go over it again. Interest rates 5.7 and above, 10% down of total purchase price of the boat that you're looking to purchase, whether it's new or used. Average term is anywhere from 10 to 15 years on boats right now in 2022. And I think that pretty much covers it. Oh, and interest rates for pre-owned and stuff like that doesn't really vary from a new versus a pre-owned. I talked about that briefly. So don't be worried to look for pre-owned. Now, you get people that will argue about sales tax. That's something that also plays into it. They say, okay, well, do I have to pay sales tax on a pre-owned if I buy it from a dealership? Yes, you do. In the state of Louisiana, you purchase a pre-owned boat from a dealer, you will pay sales tax. Expect to pay sales tax. There's nothing you could do about it as far as that goes. To where if you buy it from an individual, you don't pay sales tax. Not on the whole purchase price. You'll pay it on the trailer when you go to register and do that type of stuff. The The nice thing about a dealership, when you buy it pre-owned, there's a couple of nice things. And I tell people, they say, hey, why should I buy a pre-owned from you and pay sales tax when I could buy it from an individual? Well, in our situation... Is it, once again, if you're dealing with a reputable dealership, they treat you right. They do things right. That's why they have a good name in the industry. When they take a pre-owned boat in, it's ran through their shop. Like when it comes through our shop at our dealership, before we make an offer on a trade-in or a purchase 
on a pre-owned boat from an individual, us as the dealer, it's evaluated in our shop. The mechanics go through it, check compression, check hours, check, you know, uh, look for water in your lower unit. Any signs, spark plugs not being changed that are just burnt out. You know, anything that could cause damage down the road when we resell it to the next customer, we're looking for. Because if you are selling us the boat and you didn't do your maintenance, we are going to end up doing that maintenance before we sell it to the next customer. And that's going to cost us money. So we have to factor that into what we negotiate with the person selling the boat to us on. Makes sense, you know? So you as the consumer buying it from us, that boat has been ran through. Not that we can make, you know, predict the future and make promises that nothing will happen. But we're going through it with trained technicians. We're going through it with people that know what to look for if there could be an issue. And when you're buying it from us, you can rest assured that you have a product that is in good operating condition at the time you purchase it versus if you buy it from an individual and you have no clue what that person's done maintenance-wise to that boat or lack of maintenance and you're paying them their asking price or you may negotiate a couple hundred dollars down on it, think you get a good deal, you roll out of there with a taillight warranty like I term it, which means when they can't see your taillights anymore rolling out of their driveway, well, fuck you, it's on you now. That's your boot. That's how, I hate to say that, but that's how people are nowadays. Some people, some people are like that nowadays. And you all know that, you know? Now, there's good people out there. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot more good, I always tell people, than, I, than you see bad. As bad, as much as they want us to see the bad, I truly believe in my heart there's more good people out there than bad people. You know? You just got to open your eyes and look for it, like I tell my kids. But there are people that when you roll that boat out of that driveway and you gave them that check or that cash, that envelope of cash from your credit union, and something goes wrong with it a week later or, or a couple of days later or even a month later, well, sorry, we didn't know about that. When, in fact, they knew they never did their service on their motor. They never changed the spark plugs on their Mercury Optimax that needs spark plug replacement. They never changed their lower unit all. Just common stuff. And here you come along later in its lifespan paying good money for it. And you have a power head failure. You have a lower unit lockup on you. You know, you guys know what, what could happen and how expensive this equipment is. So keep that in mind. Buying in a dealership may cost you a little bit more. May cost you a little bit more too. Let me stress that because like I mentioned, if you remember what I said, you buy it from a dealership. A dealership typically is not going to be able to scalp you on the price because they have to send it into financing which the banks go by NADA and you know Kelly Blue Book if you remember how I explained that they're protecting you from overpaying so versus an individual you might go to your credit union they don't really look at at NADA and stuff too much or let me say that not too much but as in depth as they do with a dealership and they may say, okay, well, 
Johnny's been banking with us for 30 years. Yeah, whatever you need, I'm going to give you whatever you need. And you may be overpaying for that boat. You know? So there's wins to both situations. And there's, I guess, losses to both situations, depending on how you look at it. Buying from a dealership pre-owned or versus, you know, an individual pre-owned. So just make, once again, a smart decision. Do your research. Go out there on the internet, research it, um, you know, and make a good buying decision or make the best buying decision that you can make on it. But going over those terms, guys, of what's going on right now in 2022, I can tell you that's going to be pretty accurate when you're looking at financing and all that type of stuff. Inventory is extremely hard to find. We talked about that. Um, place an order is the best thing to do right now with most boats. If you're looking to do it and you know, Hey, you know, a couple of months from now, I'm going to be ready for one. You know, you might not be able to get a new one a couple of months from now. You might have to place an order right now and wait, you know, several months to get it or a year to get it. Because to be honest with you, all indications don't show that it's improving a ton. It's better than it was last year in 2021. I know with our brands that we carry, they're trying to pump out as much as they can to us. Last year in 2020, we were barely able to get a floor model to sell on the floor. This year, we have some stuff trickling in, you know, slowly that does come in and we can sell it off the floor. Some of your larger big box stores I know in the area, they'll have floor models. You guys may have shopped them. They'll have floor models that they can show you, but they won't sell it to you. And they say, hey, you got to order it based off of this. Well, we look at that a little bit different way. I work on commission for the most part. If I got it, I want to be able to sell it. I don't want to have to show you and order it. That's the difference between the big box stores and a, a private dealership. You know, you walk into your Bass Pro Shops, you walk into your Cabela's, not to downplay any of those salespeople in there. Or the way that structure's set up, I worked for Cabela's for 13 years, but it was done differently when I worked there. That's why I left Cabela's as a salesperson because that structure got changed. Instead of paying a salesperson commission at the big box stores now, they pay them hourly. It may be $10 an hour. It may be $12 an hour, $14 an hour, depending on, you know, if it's a college student or you know, an older person who may have a little bit of boating experience or whatever. And the reason you don't typically get the better customer service from those big box stores is because of the big box mentality that you hear people talk about all the time. You can't get good service from them because they don't care if you buy that boat or not. He's getting paid a set amount per hour and he's working his eight hour shift and he's packing the fuck up when it's done and going home he don't care if you bought that boat or you trying to negotiate with them on what to throw in on it they don't typically care now that's not the case with all of them you may get a good person be lucky but the downside to the big box side is that you may deal with a good person today and you go back two days from now to negotiate with them or to go over terms with them or, you know, ask questions about the boat and that person's off. They're not there. And you dealing with some asshole salesman or some Joe Blow who don't know shit about the product 
And you starting back at square one again. And that's the mentality that a lot of the big box stores, dealerships have now. The big box boat dealerships have now and ATV dealerships. And like I said, I don't want to downplay all of them because they're not all like that. There's good people in those places too. But I hear all the time people walking into my dealership and saying, man, I went over there. I couldn't get it. I couldn't give them, give me a straight answer or man, I, I asked them a question. They didn't know the simple stuff. You know, the basic stuff, I had to go grab a, a brochure to read out the brochure to me. To where when they come to a private dealership with us, once again, somebody who's on the water, I could relate to those people. I could talk to those people because I have experience in what they're trying to buy. It makes a huge difference. It just makes sense. You know, so when I talk about choosing a dealership, whether it's big box or a private dealership, just make a good good decision on that. Try to make that, that better decision like I, I referenced earlier on who you're dealing with. Don't waste your time because your time is valuable. We all know how precious time is with our schedules. It's a hectic-ass world nowadays, you know? So you want to make sure you're not wasting your time. You know, I appreciate when a customer comes in and they know stuff about the product they're looking at. I respect the, the hell out of that because I'm like, okay, this person's not going to waste my time and they're not wasting their time because they have an idea of what's going on. They know what they're looking for, you know, or they know a little, at least an idea of what they want. You know, not everybody knows they want to come. Some people want to come in and look and kind of make a decision. They might see two or three things that they like, you know, and that's fine. That's perfectly okay. I respect that also, you know, but those customers that walk in the door and they kind of know what's going on and they have an idea, it makes the process so much easier for them as well as the salesperson or the dealership they're dealing with. They're just prepared. Everybody's prepared. Makes it a lot easier. So keep that stuff in mind, guys. I know I know that a lot of people have questions that I touched on today. And if you guys have questions, other questions that I haven't touched on, there's so much more I could talk about, but I try to keep the show to about an hour or so. I don't want to run over that time, you know, but if you have questions or you have something that I didn't touch on or you disagree or have comments for me, hell, share them with me. Leave a comment down for me. Contact us through our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube channel, any of that stuff. Let me know that you heard about it on this episode, and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. But at this time of year, I know we do duck hunting, guys. I, I, you know, I know we are, we're predominantly a duck hunting channel, but in the off season, there's a lot of other stuff we could talk about outdoors. And making a purchase on a new boat or a pre-owned boat, whether it's for hunting season, it's to do fishing, for the family, whatever it may be, that's a big decision. So that's something that I know and I have some expertise in. And I feel like I could share it with you guys and you guys will appreciate it. A lot of you may not even be interested in that topic because you're not in the market for a new boat or a pre-owned boat right now or an ATV, you know, or any of that stuff. But you may be in the market for a camper, maybe in the market for a car. All that stuff applies to, that we talked about to that stuff as well. So hopefully... 
some of that stuff I touched on will help you guys make a better decision if you're in the market for any of those things. And that's it. That's all I really got, guys, for this week. But if you want to leave them a question for me or a comment, I'd appreciate it. As always, I really thank all of you for tuning in to this episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. <clears throat> and like I mentioned, you can stream this episode as well as all of our previous episodes on all the major streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Anchor.fm, all the major platforms, guys, you can find us. Look us up at Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. As well as our video content, our digital content, social media content, YouTube channel. I really appreciate it if you guys go and like and subscribe to that channel. But until next time, guys, thank you so much, and we'll do it again soon. Tired of looking for that perfect hunting or fishing boat only to see that it's out of stock at your nearest dealer? Well, welcome to Game Changer Boats. We specialize in custom aluminum hunting and fishing boats. If you can dream it, Game Changer Boats can build it. Top quality craftsmanship and attention to detail is what we guarantee our customers. And we are proudly built right here in Louisiana. You can visit us on Facebook at Game Changer Boats or email us directly at GameChangerBoats at Yahoo.com. Contact Game Changer Boats and let's see what we can build for you. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Beaver Creek Game Calls. At Beaver Creek Game Calls, all of our calls are handcrafted and held up to the highest standards. Our goal is to provide a quality custom call that every hunter can afford. We strive every day with this goal in mind. We also take pride in our customer service because without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we love and that is to make quality custom hunting calls. All of our calls are proudly made in the USA. Visit us online at beavercreekgamecalls.com and let us build your next call.